Welcome to Bold Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams, and thank you guys so much for joining me this evening. This is actually a part two. There was so much to unpack on our recent podcast episode about aliens and extraterrestrial beings. Is this stuff real? And so if you guys listen to the first part, then some of you guys will know I get totally into a detailed explanation and even a biblical definition of aliens and and other life, um, other forms of life and other existences, if you you will, right? And I wanted to take you guys from kind of the beginning, right? And actually I start within the book of Genesis. So if you guys haven't heard the first part, I would encourage you, stop right here, Don't listen to any further after this point because it probably won't make as much sense as if you've heard the first part. You you can listen to this part, but without hearing the first part, then it's going to be kind of some missing link there. So I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to the first part of Aliens and Extraterrestrial Beings, Is This Stuff Real? Listen to the first podcast episode on this subject because it'll really bring you up to speed on what part two is going to get into. I stopped myself short because it was so much to get into, but where I left off on part two, we were in the book of Daniel and we were in Daniel chapter two verses 41 through 44. And we had a concentration specifically on verse 43. And I was getting into the heavy issue of the scripture where it says, and they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. And even as iron does not mix with clay, neither shall they cleave one to another. So you guys who listened to the first part, you guys will know exactly where we left off and where I was going with that. Let's get right on into it. If you look at that verse and it talks about iron, we dealt with clay. When you hear about clay, many times in the Bible, clay is a euphemism, if you will, Um, a symbol, a a, a symbolage, if you will, or... um, I'm trying to use a better word, but I won't try to get too fancy schmancy. I mean, you guys get it. It's a symbol or a euphemism also to describe the creation of Iron 
I am. Maybe that's unfortunate. I don't know. But I'm a nerd. Okay. And I'm okay to say that. Well, a little bit of a nerd. Well, maybe. Yeah. And that's in the eye of the beholder. But if you got any ounce of nerdiness in you, then you guys are reading and you guys are pouring through books and all that kind of stuff. And then what you guys may have come across is this term, which is called transhumanism. Now, I know that a lot of you guys are trans. Well, don't you mean like transvestite, transgender, transsexual? Well, no, let's not, let's not get our wires crossed. If you're referring to the T in LGBTQIA, don't get it twisted. Don't get the T in that, in, in, in the, 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 the LGBTQIA community. Don't get that confused with the T that I'm referring to, which is called transhumanism. Okay. Now we know the term trans in of itself. I mean, people hear trans, they just automatically think it's referring uh, to the gay community, but it's not in this case. It doesn't mean that someone is you know, either cross-dressing or, or, you know, have a, a, a gender fluidity. It's not referring to that. Transhumanism, and I'll give you guys just the bottom line definition. So let's go. And I Googled this, so you guys can Google it as well. Transhumanism is the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by means of science and technology. Now that's deep. That's deep. 
I'm going to throw something else at you guys. Hollywood's been letting on some things that we've just been letting it fly right over our head. We've just been eating popcorn at the theater. Like, yeah, that's right, Arnold. Get him. I'll be back. Yes, Arnold. Get it. But what was what was Terminator all about? I want you guys to really glom on to this. What was Hollywood telling us in all of these Marvel movies? Stan Lee just passed on about a month ago from this recording, this episode. What was all of this stuff telling us? Superman. What was, what has that been telling us? I, I Look, to me, just a sidebar, Christopher Reeve will forever and always be the true Superman for me. Okay? That's just bottom line. But we've had Supermans before him. We've had Supermans after him. But regardless of all of that, have any of us taken the time to say, well, what the heck you mean by Superman. Well, you guys may recall from the first episode, I dealt with about a super race. And again, we're not talking about someone thinking that they're better or they're smarter, they're cooler, they're beyond the bell curve because of the color of their skin or the texture of their hair. We're not talking about idiots like that on any side. Okay. So if you think you're better because you're white, you're a clown. If you think you're better because you're black, you're a clown. I'm not getting down like that. When I was talking about a super race, you go back to the book of Genesis, you go back to chapter six and you go back to verses one through four. So what does, so what does this mean when we sing these images and the imagery of Superman or I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I'm Bruce Wayne. What, 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 see, see, we watch this stuff, guys. We're looking at this stuff and we're being entertained beyond rationality and it's like it's nothing us we're looking at Terminator we're looking at Arnold telling us I'll be back we're like yeah that's what's up Arnold come back get these suckers right but what are they saying to us in Terminator which that also came out in 1984 what is that showing us that's showing us these cyborgs these images in terms of Terminator these images of technology that look like men. And then we see in some of the later uh, ep- uh, uh, later series of the, uh, the Terminator movies, right? And some of the later installments, we see that there were female Terminators, right? I remember the one lady with the blonde hair and she was a Terminator, right? So it's like, okay, wait a minute. What is Hollywood showing us, y'all? And they're telling us the best way to hide is to hide in plain sight. What are they telling us? We're thinking like, yeah, man, this is entertaining. But could it be for a later preparation? Right now, transhumanism is the thing. It's the the thing, beloved. It's the thing, children. It is the thing. If you guys don't know what that is, beyond just the definition I read, please research it. There's all types of well-renowned, well-respected people of science of technology, uh, doctors, researchers, um, uh, people in the uh, medical field, people that are in uh, philosophy, professors, and then that is the talk. See, while y'all talking about Cardi B, and don't get me wrong, I like Cardi B. I like it like that. I like that stuff too. 
Don't get me wrong. When y'all talking about Remy Ma and when y'all talking about, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce's twins and how she got down at Coachella earlier this year, that's all fine. That's completely all fine. You need to have some levity and you, levity and you need to have some entertainment. I also come from that sector too. So I'm not here to knock that. But what I'm saying is while we're focusing on those things, we're not (laughs) focusing on weightier issues. And sometimes those weightier issues are presenting themselves through the vehicle of entertainment. Now, am I saying cyborgs are here with us right now? I don't know. And see, that's the key. I don't know what's here right now. And the crazy thing is neither do you. That's the thing. None of us really know what's going on. But you guys better understand something is that any time your top professionals in medicine and science and technology and education and these guys are throwing around this batting about this term transhumanism, you guys better let your little ears perk up like a puppy and you better key in on that and you better try to find out what the heck that is. Because what that basically is saying is, guess what? That the next stage is what Daniel, hello, what the book of Daniel is telling us about in Daniel chapter 2, verses 41 through 44. What is it telling us? And they. See, this is why it's so pivotal to go back, to go back. Listen. When we've read in Genesis, we read that there was another they too. And this they was referred to as the Nephilim or AKA giants. And we see that theme. We see that very thematic throughout the Bible, even up until David's time where we find out about, you know, Hey, okay. David had to defeat giants. And then we read about Joshua and Caleb and they went into the land of Canaan and there were, they were the two out of the, I believe the two out of the 12, uh, spies. And I think it was a spy for each tribe or whatever. I believe I'm, you know, maybe paraphrasing that a little bit, but they all went into the land of Canaan before overtaking it. And the 10 spies came back and said, Oh my God, man, there were giants in the land. Y'all, we can't do it, man. We're like little grasshoppers in their sight. And Joshua came and said, Oh, Hey, no, man, God is with us. Hey, God showed us we can throw down before he'll show us. We can throw down with these clowns. We see that again, that giant theme. We see it in Genesis. We see it throughout the Bible. So what, what are we saying here from the start, from the start, we see that, well, almost from the start, not from the very start. And that's key. That's key. We see almost from the start, there was another, they going on and operating in the earth. But what we also see in the book of Daniel is that this they become something even more than just they. It's like a double they. It's like an extra, extra they. Read all about it. And what we're finding out is iron, which is being used as a euphemism for this they. Because see, in Genesis, we understand that they is what? It's fallen angels. It's angels who took on flesh to make out with some gals down here and have some babies. And guess what? They kicked off a master race of giants, of Nephilim. And then we understand that in Noah, in in the time of Noah, that there was so much foolishness going on. There was so much. And if you guys get over and read about Noah, you see that you hear about these themes going again. And we see that God said, okay, it's a wrap. 
shutting it down, shutting down operation, going back to the drawing board. I'm going to spare these guys, Noah, his sons, his wife, their wives, all the little animals. That's it. Shut it down. Shut, shut it all down. Right. But then someone has to say, well, then wait, 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 wait. If God shut it down, then how in the heck did giants then get back on the earth and reappear where they were even reappearing? We see it again, that theme in Joshua and and, uh, Caleb's time and in David's time. David slew the most famous Nephilim, which was Goliath. This guy goes down in history with David. So how did they reappear on the earth if God shut it all down? Well, now you guys have got to understand genetics. You guys have got to understand. Man, y'all, listen, when you really think about sex on the for real, for real, man, that stuff is spooky. I know y'all horny. I know y'all hot. I know y'all want to get it on. I do too. But at the end of the day, when we, we better start letting really let it touch our mind. What am I laying up with? That's just a sidebar note, y'all. I'm not here to talk about that. But I just want to drop that little nugget of truth out there to whoever catch it and receive it. Just like Jesus said, hey, he who have an ear, let him hear that. We really sometimes need to really dig like, yo, what am I laying up with? Ladies, let's get back to dignity and standard. What you laying up with, girlfriend? Homegirl, what is you laying up with? Fellas, fellas, y'all better be scared too. What are you laying up with? Yeah, she hot. She's bad. Her body's banging. You want to rock that. But let me ask you, dude, my dude, what you laying up with? Because here's the deal. If you look at what happened with Noah, the Bible said that Noah was perfect in his time. Now, does that mean Noah was a sinless man? That Noah was just perfect, perfect, holy little child to the Lord? Well, we find out that Noah had got drunk. Well, we also know, (laughs) reading the scriptures, that God said, no, 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 you can have a drink, but do not be, quote, drunk with wine. So we see that Noah had a little bit of a, a little heavy hand when it came to, you know, spilling the wine, you know what I'm saying, pouring it out. Okay, but God loved Noah, and he said that he was perfect in his time. And again, guys, we have to look at terminology when it's saying that Noah was perfect, in his time, and I believe he said even in his time or generations. I have to look at that that scripture very specifically. But I invite you guys to look it up yourselves. When it's referring to that, you guys gotta kinda look at it and say, well, okay, well, okay, what he, he wasn't a perfect soul, but then God referred to him as perfect. Well, I'm gonna throw something out there. Could it just be that that perfection was talking about the perfection of his gene pool, of his genetic qualities? Let that one kind of sit there for a moment. Let it kind of steam up the tub there. You know, let it kind of steam up the room there. Let it sit, let it marinate. So now you have to go back to something. Jesus, let's get over into the New Testament. When a disciple said, well, master, Lord, rabbi, tell us, what will be the signs of your return? And Jesus go through a laundry list of things. He said, this is going to happen and you'll see this and you'll see that and you'll see this and people will be doing this and people, and we all know he gets into a laundry list in the gospels on what the signs of the times will be for that foot and toe kingdom. You know, Daniel talks about that toe kingdom because once you go from head to toe, toes, that's it. 
So Jesus said, listen, but one thing that he also said, and people don't catch this, people go through a lot of the, the laundry list. Okay, Lord, check mark. You said that, you know, this would happen, that would happen. Okay, check mark. Wars, rumors of war. Okay, check mark. Okay, people go through the laundry list. But one part of that laundry list that I think a lot of us don't really catch until we go back and really dig it is when he says, and it shall be as the days of Noah. So you got to ask yourself, whoa, 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 whoa. What was going on in the days of Noah? And that God would say, Noah was perfect in his generations. Noah was perfect in his time. You guys have got to understand something. Genetics is powerful. It's very powerful. You can have a relative. Now I'm going to say this being a black person. But I know that some of you guys are other, you know, ethnicities, races that that may be listening to this. I'm sure you guys can can relate to it on other levels. But because I'm black, I, I'm going to speak to this just on what I've seen with myself. <clears throat> Listen, you can get two black people together, guy and a girl, and they can have a child. Now, let's say both of these black people are about the same complexion. Let's say that they're both, um, let's say brown complexion in their melanin. Let's say they're a little bit brown, kind of ruddyish, whatever, reddish brown, whatever you want to call that, that color caramel, maybe a light, a cocoa, right? That cocoa cure, right? Let's say they're that. But those two people can get together and make a baby. And that baby can be extremely dark skinned. And when I say extremely, I'm not saying there's a negativity. I mean, my black family, we, we are all all shades of the chocolate rainbow. I always call it the chocolate rainbow. I mean, I've got cousins who look like they stepped right out of Beijing somewhere. I've got cousins who look like they stepped out of Bantu somewhere. Okay. And then I've got cousins who look like they stepped out of Boston. Okay. So it goes the whole range of it. But what I'm saying is that's how genetics work. You can have two people who look one way outwardly, but the seed, there's something going on in their genetic coding that may not come out in them per se physically, but it's working within their genetic coding and predisposition that it'll come out on their child or their children's children. And so when you look at genetic coding and biological predisposition, then you'll begin to understand like, uh oh, wait a minute, just because something may not look physically outwardly like something, doesn't mean that it's not necessarily present in the child or the seed to come. It doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, the, um, gosh, what's the term I'm looking for that the posterity won't have some, uh, resemblance or be a throwback to the progenitors. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's how genetics work. And I'm pretty sure, you know, let's say that you're you're of a Germanic, uh, you know, G- Germanic or Irish bloodline. You know, everybody in your family, let's say, may have, uh, may be a ginger. They may all have red hair and brown eyes or green eyes. And then you get together with someone, they may have dark hair and dark eyes and olive skin. And guess what? The kid may come out with blue eyes and blonde hair. So that's how genetics work, right? Okay. So now that we've got that kind of squared away, then it makes sense that even though Noah and his sons and their wives and his wife were the only human survivors, it makes sense that guess what? 
that the later generations could have still hearkened back to something that was in the genetic coding. Now, when we get even deeper into the story of Noah, we understand that, you know, we know the story about, you know, Noah got drunk and then his son Ham and, you know, his son looked upon his father's nakedness, which you guys got to understand something. Even though the Hebrew law had not been established yet because Israel as a nation had not been established yet, there were just some things that was frowned upon. And one of the things that was frowned upon is that you don't look upon your father or your mother's nakedness. Now, listen, guys. We know if you have a sick parent, right? If you have a parent that's ailing or who can't care for themselves, God is all wise. He's all knowing. Uh, he, he understands. He's not going to say, hey, don't care for your, don't, don't bathe your mother or don't bathe your father. God forbid if they fall into an illness and can't care for themselves. He's not dealing with that. Okay. Let's level up and elevate our understanding. But just on GP, we're not to look upon our parents' nakedness, not just on GP. We're just not supposed to do it. It's just not prudent and it's disrespectful. I mean, I don't even, I mean, why anybody would want to look on their parents' nakedness? It doesn't even make sense to me. Uh, and it's not for any sexual reasons. It's just like, why would you want to do it? That's kind of embarrassing. I don't, I mean, I, obviously I know what they got. That's how I'm here. I mean, why would I want to look on it, right? So we know that part of Noah's children's story. And we know that Noah cursed his son's Ham's children. And that's the key. He didn't curse Ham. He cursed Ham's children which began with the progeneration of what? Of Canaan. Of who? Of the Canaanites. And what did we find out when we discovered about Joshua and Caleb when they went into the land of where? Of Canaan. Come on, children. Let's tie it in together. And what did the 10 spies come back and say? Hey, man, there's giants in the land. Guys, I'm excited about this because once you guys start parsing this together, you go, oh my God, this is like a perfect, neat little puzzle piece by piece ties in. So now we understand, you know, of course, a lot of racist idiots, again, love to get in the Bible. They're so stupid. I don't care if they're black, white, whatever. They love to get in the Bible and say something so stupid. But when you get in the Bible, they say, oh, see, the curse was that the old black people would go into slavery. Show me that. Show me that curse. Now, it does say that Noah's, uh, uh, when Noah put the curse on Ham's children, that's key. Because some people say, oh, well, he put the curse on Ham. No, 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 no. The Bible is very clear. He put the curse on Ham's children, on his seed. And it did say that his seed would have a level of bondage. But it didn't talk about, hey, they're going to have bondage because they're black and other people are white. Let's stop lying on the scriptures. Let's stop twisting it, okay? Let's do that. We're going in 2019. Let's level up. If you ain't going to bring it right, don't bring it at all. But when you start thinking about curses and then you understand, wait a minute, Ham is the father and the grandfather and great, 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 great grandfather of Cain, well, he's, Ham is the father of Canaan, but then when you look at Canaan's children, you say, wait a minute, a curse is on the Canaanites. But what do we find out and discover about the Canaanites? We find out through Joshua and Caleb, guess what? These people are what? They are Nephilim. They are giant. Man, guys, I can end the show right there. But let's not. Let's get back into transhumanism. So we see that we've always had this kind of super race kind of thing. This super creatures. 
So when you understand this premise, then it's not so far-fetched. It's not so hard to believe that aliens and extraterrestrial beings have not only just, you know, popped out of the sky in spaceships. Then this has been going on for, like I said, pretty much almost day one. Almost day one. But it's what we have come to interpret as aliens. You know, the lemon head beings with the skinny torsos and the skinny knees, the knock knees and the bulged out eyes. Listen, like I said in the last episode, I'm sure some of you guys who may have had that experience and I'm not saying you guys haven't. Let me tell you guys, there's a lot, well, I'll put it this way. There's a lot of deception going on, children. I had a close encounter of a third kind and this happened to me in the year 2003. I will never forget it. A very good friend of mine we actually, you know, we were pretty much young people back then in our early 20s. Well, late 20s for me and, and, and early 20s for him. But we actually, <coughs> excuse me, we decided to do one of these little marketing campaigns. We both were a little busted on money. And we said, hey, listen, you know what? We can do like a little marketing campaign for this product. And I won't name the product because I just don't want to get into any type of, you know, legality or liability for doing that. But it was a skincare product. I think I can say that and leave it there. And it's a skincare product that actually is for men and women now. But what was so unique about it is at the time, this skincare product at that time was only known for women's skincare product. So in 2003, they were launching, it was their first time out of the gate launching their male skincare products. So they were unveiling this, this new side of their business that they were creating products strictly for uh, men's skin. So we actually had signed up for this campaign and where we hand out the samples. And you guys have seen young people like that. They'll hand you a sample of cookies or a sample of toothpaste or sample of whatever's going on. And those little gigs kind of pay some pretty decent money. So we signed up for this very good friend of mine. He's like a brother to me. And we worked on this campaign and we did it for about 30 days. And at the time we were (coughs) on our way here in the Chicagoland area, we had to uh, issue out these products. And just bear with me, guys, because this is this is going to still tie right into uh, the premise of our show. But um, we were handing out these products and we had, you know, our little route that we had to go to different suburbs and, and that sort of thing to hand out these products uh, to people on their way to work. And as we were, <laughs> we finished up our day, uh, it was midday because you have to be out there very early to catch people at the train stations on their way, you know, leaving the, the metro and all that kind of stuff. And we were done. We were done with our day. It was about midday afternoon. And so we're driving back. We load up the truck. We're driving back. No problem. We uh, actually were in Tinley Park. So anybody who's who's here in the Chicagoland area, you guys are familiar with where Tinley Park is. If not, you can Google it. It's on Google Maps. Check it out. So we're driving. And, and actually, it was my, my friend who was driving. I wasn't driving. I was in the passenger seat. And it was a beautiful kind of early fall you know how it is when it's fall, it starts out cool. And then by midday, it starts heating up. So it was that kind of thing. We had the windows down and the sky was blue. I've never seen the sky this blue. I mean, it was just beautiful. It was almost celestial, to be honest with you. The sky was just perfectly blue. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. 
And as my friend is driving, we're laughing, we're talking. At that time, I used to smoke cigarettes. So, we're, you know, we're both, you know, taking, you know, puffs on cigarettes, you know, uh, respectively. And I'm smoking my cigarette. We've got the windows down. And we're driving on the expressway. And all of a sudden, out of his window, not out of mine. This is, this is, the, this is the kicker right here. Out of his window, I can see something kind of hanging from this beautiful blue sky. It was kind of a orange, like burnt orange, um, uh, almost like metallic, almost metallic, iridescent metallic coating on this thing. And it was so big. It was actually shaped like an O. And the best way to describe this O, I'm sure you guys have seen Oprah's logo, how she has that little O. The thing was shaped exactly like Oprah's O. So what I was thinking, now keep in mind, guys, this was in 2003, and Oprah's show was still being filmed in Chicago at that particular time. So I really kind of said, I said, oh my God, there it is. I said, Oprah's doing some kind of campaign. Uh, you know, something is kind of hanging out the window. And as I, you know, make this little remark, and I kind of leaned down so I could see the full, the fullness of what it was hanging on to, because I'm thinking, okay, there's this, oh, maybe Oprah's doing some kind of campaign. Maybe it's attached to a, a Goodyear blimp. And that's what I'm trying to see. And as I'm leaning all the way, I leaned all the way forward as my friend is driving because he's got his eyes on the road. So I can clearly see out of his window what was this always connected to. And this is what blew my mind. It was not connected to anything. And like I said, guys, it wasn't a real O. It was shaped like that O. So I just want you guys to understand. It wasn't the actual Oprah O. I don't want anybody to say, oh, it was Oprah's O. No, it was shaped like that, that oval kind of shape. But what was so strange about it, it was twirling in the sky. And even though it was seemed far away, it's like I could see the very speckle, the very speckle of the metallic, um, just the metallic specks in it as the sun was hitting it. And I'm seeing this, and it's twirling. It's not twirling fast. It's just kind of twirling very methodically on its own. And I'm looking at this, and I'm looking up. And I'm thinking, I'm saying, oh my God, this thing ain't connected to nothing. It's just sitting in the sky, twirling. At this point, I'm totally freaked out. I'm telling my friend we couldn't pull over because we're on the expressway. I'm like, oh my God, do you see that? Do you see that out of your window? And he's freaking out because he's trying to peep. And I'm like, oh my God, don't get us killed. So this is all going on. And as we get out of the, you know, out of the eyesight of it, I mean, it just totally shook us up. I mean, we're, our hands are shaking. We're smoking cigarettes like by the pack at this point. So I, I remember telling my dad this and, uh, and we just kind of, just kind of put it out my mind. Now that was in 2003. Fast forward to, I believe maybe 2000, uh, maybe 2011, maybe 2012, my dad is really into a lot of these shows that's on, you know, the, uh, the what is that? The, the military channel, the American history channel, American hero channels. You know, he's into that stuff. The history channel, ID channel. And I am too, to be completely honest. I, I like watching that, that stuff. And I remember I was visiting my parents that day. And I just so happened to be, my mom asked me to get something out of the basement. So I went down to the basement and got her something. And it just so happened that particular day, um, I, I didn't have a car at that moment. I didn't have a car. It was just kind of, you know, bumming it out at that point. I just didn't have a car. And so my buddy 
you know, who actually had did that, that job with me years back, he actually had drove me to my folks house that day. And he's there, he's talking to my dad, you know, he's chilling out talking to my dad and in the living room. And I'm on an assignment for my mom in the basement and I'll make this quick. All of a sudden I hear my dad and my friend like yelling, like, Hey, come up here, come up here, come up here. And so I'm like, what? So I I mean, I literally run up from the basement and they're like, Oh my God, look, 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 look. And on this show, they were watching something about, you know, people who had, uh, experiences with, uh, unidentified objects, UFOs, aliens, extraterrestrial beings on one of these channels. And my dad said, look, look, look. They're like, oh my God, they're talking about it. And then they cut to, you know, the segment where they're talking about how in 2003, (laughs) there were people who had reported seeing an unidentified object in the sky in Tinley Park. There it is, folks. There it is. And I was one of those people who saw it. I never reported it. My friend and I, we never reported it. And the crazy thing is because he was driving, driving, he really couldn't see it because he had to kind of keep his eyes on the road, even though he was trying. So I only saw it, but he was there while I'm spazzing out and made him spaz out because he's trying to look at it. So why am I saying that? Is that it made me realize like that song, we are not alone, you know? Close encounters of the third time uh, of the third kind. We are not alone. And I realized then I wasn't alone. I thought that maybe I was just the only person who saw that. I've never touched a drug in my life. Honest to God, I have. I've never even touched weed, guys. Never. Never. I mean, even though I, you know, have an occasional drink. And even now, I don't even drink at all. So, but back then, you know, I have a beer, some, you know, whiskey shots or whatever. I, I was completely sober because we were leaving work. And doing this campaign. So, I mean, if there's anybody who would want to question my sobriety or stability at that point, you know, hey, it's a wrap, man. I was as clean as a whistle and as straight as an arrow. I mean, boom, on point. So there was none of that kind of stuff going on. So I knew what I saw. But like I said, I just kind of, once I had that incident happen, just kind of left it there. And it took for whatever that show was that my dad and my good friend were watching uh, on that program uh, that they saw. And I don't know if it was the History Channel or one of those those types of channels, but whatever it was, the sci- Sci-Fi Channel, I don't know what it was. Not Sci-Fi, but, you know, one of those, I think it's a Discovery, a Discovery Channel, one of those channels. It showed that. And so it let me know that, wow, people actually reported that same similar situation in the fall of 2003 in Tinley Park. I was one of those people and I never reported it. Um, give you guys another quick story. Uh, this happened when I had been a reporter. Now at this particular, and mind you guys, this is after that incident, incident I was a reporter working as a, a reporter and an editor uh, for a Chicago newspaper at the time. And sometimes when you're on deadline, you got a story that you do, you got a lot going on and you got to make sure everything is ready for pagination and layout and print and everything like that. You've got to be there. And it, sometimes it means you have to go into work early. So it was nothing for me at that time. At this time I had a car. So it was nothing for me at that time to drive into work um, at two, three, four in the morning sometimes, because sometimes I was juggling different deadlines uh, for different stories and, and that sort of stuff. So long story short on this one, I decided to drive in at about 
uh, two o'clock that morning. They said, hey, I'm going to go in and work. And then, you know, once I wrapped up, go home and get some sleep. And so what I would normally do is I would call security. I said, hey, guys, be on the lookout. Those guys would stand out and smoke outside of the building anyway. So I would say, hey, guys, look out for me. I'm going to be on my way in. They said, okay, Pat, no problem. We'll see you when you get here. Um, after calling the security desk. So I'm on my way, get to work. This is uh, here on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Uh, there was a Burger King. And it's two in the morning. And sometimes, you know, you have that glow from the, you know, from the the signage of Burger King or whatever the restaurant would be. You know, it's glowing. It's, you know, it's lit. You know, it, it's a it's a, a, a sign that's lit. So I'm pulling into the parking lot of uh, of, of the, uh, the newspaper's parking lot. And as I pull in, I'm getting out of my car, making sure I've got my, my briefcase and all my notes and everything I need for work that day. And I'm getting out. And what was so crazy is normally the security guys are out there. I mean, now this was like early winter time and it wasn't one of those bad winter days in Chicago. I mean, there was no snow. I was just kind of cold, but not cold and so cold where they, these guys wouldn't stand out and smoke their cigarette and be on the lookout. But I didn't really think much about it. I just thought, oh man, look at these creeps. I told them to wait for me out here. I'll just hurry up and boogie across the street and get into the building. And so as I'm leaving, exiting the parking lot, all of a sudden I turn around and I see like what I, what I believe. And this is, I mean, this, this, this person looked like they were about, I would say maybe about 10 feet away from me. And it looked like a child, looked like a small child in silhouette because it's nighttime. It's not that well lit, but you can see the glow of this person just off the Burger King signage. So I'm looking and I'm thinking like, Lord have mercy. What kind of crummy parent has this little kid out here? Because the kid, the height of this person looked like they couldn't have been no more than about, I would say, eight or nine years old. So that kind of caught my attention, just being a woman and having, you know, those nurturing instincts. I'm like, man, this is horrible. And I know me typically, if I was not in the middle of the morning and, you know, trying to get into safety of the building, I probably would have said, you know, excuse me, child. And I probably would have approached the little kid. But I said, oh, man, I don't have time for this. This is a shame. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Be with this kid. And as I turn my head, you know, making my way uh, across the street, all of a sudden, I hear just, it was just like, guys, it was like a knowing in my spirit. I just hear this as, as clear as a bell as I'm talking to you guys. I just hear, that is not a child. Just like that, straight up, that is not a child. And I say to myself, like, hmm? You know, sort of like Scooby-Doo, hmm? And right when I hear this in my head, that is not a child, I immediately turn my head just like very slowly turn my head and that image that I thought was a child because it's in silhouette right I can't make out the facial features I can only make out the outline looks like a child this thing broke down oh man like a a transformer guys that's the best way you, you ever seen somebody who's pop locking you, you know the old school pop lock movie everybody just starts breaking down like boom 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 and then you start breaking down from the knees and stuff that's what this this thing did. And it was like a transformer. It just broke down like boom, 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 boom. And it scampered off into the dark. Man, y'all ain't never seen a fat girl run like I ran that day. Man, I booked across that street, ran up the stairs of the building, got to banging on that door. Security runs out like, oh my God, Pat, what's wrong? I said, let me in, let me in. You know, and I gave them a few choice words at that time. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, 
you know, so it, it, it there's like, well, somebody, I said, you guys, you know, you sword, so, so, so should have been out here watching me. So those are two instances where I can tell you guys very plainly and matter of factly that I experienced seeing something that was otherworldly, otherworldly. And I'm sure you guys have your experiences too. And make no mistake, I want to hear about it. I mean, if you, I want you guys to go to Facebook, to Bold Talk, our Facebook page, get over there. I want you guys to comment. You guys got some stories or whatever, because I may come back and redo uh, this, uh, readdress, I should say, um, this It had become the, the main bread and butter of Tinseltown. It has become the staple of the industry. I mean, now Hollywood knows, look, when I was coming up, your main blockbusters were action and adventure movies and comedies. You had your Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, you had your Terminator movies. You know, you had your, you know, Indiana Jones kind of stuff. But look at, look at what's happening now. What's really bolstering Hollywood dollar-wise is the comic book movies, is the Marvel stuff, you know, the Justice League or the DC comic stuff. So why? That stuff now is more poignant than ever. And I don't think that the masses are getting that. We think we're just like, oh yeah, y'all, have y'all seen all oh, the Justice League? Oh, great. Oh man, part two. Oh, part three. We're just looking at it like that. Oh, check out the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, girl. But, but excuse me, are we looking at and paying attention to why these movies, Hollywood is pumping out these movies like 
full on nonstop. You know why? Because those movies now are more poignant than ever. They're more relevant than ever. Because guess what? The X-Men, right? X-Men, what the heck? Look at what they're telling you, X-Men, right? (laughs) Guys, you've got to open up your eyes. You guys have got to see what's popping out here. X-Men, you know what I mean? The School of Mutants, what the heck? And look at how the School of Mutants was. Some of them looked like human beings. Some of them didn't. Some of them could take on the form of human beings. Some of them couldn't. Some of them had just like human strength, but beyond human strength. Some of them had like stuff that was like straight out of the Celestials, man. It's like, what? Do we not see what is being shown to us? And, And we're just sitting there eating our popcorn you know, enjoying our time at the theater. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but I'm saying that while you're there eating your popcorn and while you're there enjoying your hot dogs and drinking your soda pop and holding hands with your loved one or having a great time with your homies, you guys really need to key in on like, yo, what are they really telling us here? When they're showing me Batman, Bruce Wayne, You know, Bruce Wayne was just a wealthy guy, but what was he doing? He was a wealthy guy using technology, just like the James Bond movies. Here's a wealthy guy who's using technology. And then you look at the Superman movies, Ant-Man, Superman. What is it showing? Okay, these guys, Spider-Man, these guys, they've, okay, Superman's just a flat out alien. Spider-Man, he's a guy who's a scientist, right? Come on, guys, he's a scientist. And guess what? Oh, he gets bit. Oh, my goodness. Now something happens to me. You guys have got to pay attention. You guys have got to pay attention on what is being shown right before your very eyes. Because this stuff is not just imagination time. This stuff is real time. And transhumanism is on the horizon, guys. It's on the horizon. I was just reading the other day that somewhere in Europe, there was the, the, the first successful transplant of a human womb. Let me repeat that. Just read the other day that there was the first successful human transplant of a human womb. You guys have got to dig it, man. You guys are looking at the Matrix movie. I love the Matrix movies. But look at how they're showing you like these human embryos. You look at movies like Alien. You, you know, you guys have got to dig what this stuff is telling you because what it's really telling you on a very subconscious tip is guess what? Y'all better get ready to see this stuff. Some of this stuff is going to look just as human as you and I, but it's not going to really be fully human as you and I. It's going to be like what Daniel talked about. It's going to be like iron trying to mix with clay. Or it's going to be like what Genesis told you about. And it's going to be some spiritual and worldly being that's done taking on some kind of earthly manifestation and going to get down in some action with you and it's going to pop off something in you that's going to be like, yo, what is that? I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, see right now, and listen, I get it. Everybody has their own ideas and and beliefs, and I'm all for that. I'm all for people having their own ideas and beliefs. I'm very strong in my ideas and beliefs. And don't get me wrong, guys. I do know those of us with more uh, biblical, traditional values and views, 
I know some of us are up in arms about, oh my God, you got transgender. Well, listen, I'm not up in arms about it because at the end of the day, a transgender person is a person. And we have to love everybody. Jesus tells us to love everybody. Now, it doesn't mean that you compromise his gospel, but it means all the more you walk more in his gospel with those who may not know him in that way or know him on a personal level, right? So there's a little gospel, little little message I want to throw there to you guys. But while some of us are freaking out about transgender bathrooms, y'all need to be freaking out about the transhumanism that's being thrown in your face day in, day out through these movies, through this imagery. And we're not even thinking about that stuff. We're worried about the dude who wants to, you know, what was that song by Aerosmith? Dude looks like a lady. We're worried about the dude who, who looks like a lady or the lady who's looking like a dude. But man, y'all not thinking about what, the, the, you th- you're not thinking about the, the, the realty. And I don't mean realty, but let's say it, the realty of the real T. And that's the real T. You guys, some of you guys will catch the joke because I'm dealing with T, real T and T and then T-E-A, the real T. Listen. You guys aren't dealing with what's really going on. And that real T, the letter T, is not so much of the T that's in transgender, uh, referring to transgenderism, that's found in the LGBT community. You guys better be worried about the T that's, that the scientists and that the doctors and that the, uh, that the uh, tech giants, okay, that the techies are talking about. And they're dealing with transhumanism where Arnold is going to be a real guy. And I'm not talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course, he's a real guy. But where that character, Albi Bach, is going to be like that. It's going to be like Minority Port for real. And see, none of us is thinking about that. And that's not to give anybody a fear tactic. It's just to show us that how even the Bible shows us so prophetically things that have already happened, that's happening, and that's to come. But that's coming real quick. And it's always been here. So yes, do I believe that aliens exist? Absolutely. Hands down. Hands down. Do I believe they always exist? Hands down. Do most people, and I'm talking about your people who are in high positions. Listen, I guarantee you guys, if you could line up the living presidents and you can line up every mayor, every governor, every police chief, okay, every doctor, every judge and say, Hey, do you believe that there's a such thing called aliens? Do you know most of those people, if they can get you really off record and say, look, now don't, 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 don't put this on record. Now I've got a constituency. I've got fans. I've got, you know, people that support my campaign, but if you can get them off record, I guarantee you most of them be like, yeah, man, that stuff is real. Roswell, Roswell is real. And it's just so crazy to me that if you put that same question, to most pastors, most preachers and teachers of the gospel. And they're like, oh, no, that ain't real. Like, what? You ain't read the word. You ain't read the word. It makes me think about the scripture that Jesus himself said. He said that the children of darkness are wiser than the children of light. That means many of God's believers, man, we're walking around with our heads in the sand and our butt exposed. And we're we're thinking lolly dolly, you know, while we want to, you know, some of us want to twerk in church, which is outrageous. And we want to moonwalk and we want to dab and and do all this kind of stuff, floss in church. And man, we're not really, a lot of our pastors are failing their congregations 
because a lot of them don't even get it. I mean, they're, they're off into la-la land. So that's why I said in the first episode, I am assuming that most of you guys are believers, at least believers in the extent that you believe in the supernatural, you believe that there is a God, you believe that the Bible is true and authoritative. And I mean authoritative in the most positive sense of that, that it is the authority that you believe it. Because if you can tell me, I believe in Christ, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in aliens. I don't believe that there's other beings out here. I don't believe there's extraterrestrial stuff. But the Bible is telling you, yeah, you better believe there's extraterrestrial stuff. You better believe that there's alien forms down here. You better believe that there's a whole other thing going on right in front of your face. God is telling y'all that. And so don't tell me that you believe in God, but you don't believe in that. Just like I would tell a non-believer, don't you tell me that you believe in that stuff, but then you don't believe in God. You can't have, you can't have it both ways. You really can't. They both kind of tie in to one another, right? So guys, that's it. That's going to do it for me. I'm getting the red flag. Listen, thank you guys so very much. I always say this at, at the end of every show, please go to Facebook like us, share us, comment, leave your comments. I don't care if they're, you know, they don't have to be nice, nice. Say what you feel. That's why it's called bold talk. If you have an idea for a show that you like me to, to do, I'd be more than happy to do it and schedule that. If you know someone that would like, that you'd like to, uh, submit as a possibility as a guest on a show we're scheduling things out for 2019 but we have a lot of room left so if you guys know someone say hey pat i think this person may make a great guest or if you feel you make a great guest and you're not shy no need to be shy we'll talk about it and and get through the you know get through it together and wait through those waters together absolutely uh if you have a product if you have a business if you have an event that you like for me to plug By all means, feel free to let me know that. I will do that. So guys, thank you so much again. We thank you for your support. And listen, as they say, hey, the best is yet to come. So thank you for listening to Bold Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams. And until next next time, until next time, guys, I'll see you.